Welcome to Your Best You Today, the online radio show that uncovers the hidden truths and dispels the myths about food, nutrition, and exercise for anyone of any age. Every day you make dozens of decisions that will either have a positive or negative impact on your health. Join naturopathic doctor Kevin Jackson along with Rob Heppel to learn how you can start making your best you today. Welcome to the Your Best You Today Show. I'm your host, Rob Heppel, and I'm joined with health expert, Dr. Kevin Jackson. Kevin is a naturopathic doctor who has been helping people find natural solutions for the health issues for over 25 years. With the Your Best You Today online radio show, we're going to dive into common health issues and explore natural solutions to them. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Kevin. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me. So what are we going to tackle today? Well, what I wanted to talk about was the great cholesterol myth and the and the great statin scam. Whoa, sounds like an episode fraught with controversy, Kev. Well, not really, Rob, uh, because, you know, if you look at the real science behind this topic, uh, the truth is undeniable. Cholesterol does not cause heart disease. And, you know, so many people out there, um, that's going to be... Uh, you know, a real shakeup for them to hear that. Um, and when you look at the science, it's undeniable. Cholesterol does not cause heart disease. You know, the French have the highest average cholesterol in all of Europe, but the lowest incidence of heart disease and half the heart attacks that North Americans have. Half of all heart attacks around the world occur in people with normal cholesterol levels. That tells you right away that if half of all the heart attacks occur in people with normal cholesterol and half occur in people who have high cholesterol, then high cholesterol is not an increased risk factor for stroke and heart attack. And also, lowering cholesterol does not improve health outcomes, contrary to popular belief. Well, I thought these statins were you know, supposed to reduce the incidence of, of heart attacks. That's why doctors are always kind of throwing them at you, wanting you to take them. Absolutely. You know, statin drugs or uh, drugs that lower cholesterol uh, appear to have a positive effect because they have a weak anti-inflammatory effect. Um, And inflammation does cause heart disease. So the actual fact that statin drugs lower cholesterol, and we all can very often see the evident effect of that, has no impact whatsoever on your reduced risk of stroke and heart attack. So perhaps the biggest sham of all is that statin drugs touted as a preventive medicine to protect your heart health can actually have detrimental effects on your heart. For example, you know, there's a study published uh, in the journal Atherosclerosis, and it showed that statin use is associated with a 52% increased rate of calcified coronary plaque compared to non-users. So what that means is that this coronary artery calcification, it's the hallmark of potential lethal heart disease. And it was increased uh, in the people who took the statin drugs versus versus those that took nothing. And recent research also shows that statins can effectively negate the benefits of exercise. And I think we all know that exercise has some pretty amazing health benefits. Um, And, you know, exercise is one of the primary heart disease prevention strategies. 
And this study, anyway, went on, um, and it was published in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology. Uh, and they discovered that statin use led to dramatically reduced fitness benefits from exercise, in some cases actually making the volunteers less fit than before. Wow, that's crazy. Well, so, so then, are statins really bad for you then? Well, Rob, statins are beyond bad for you, and they cause many nasty side effects. Um, there are over 465 studies now showing their adverse effects. Some occur right away. Others crop up after years of use. And this, you know, this is, a, this is an interesting point because, you know, I see so many patients, they come into my office and they're suffering with some symptoms and I'll look at, say, a statin drug and say, mm, well, that could very well be the cause. And they go, well, it can't be that. I've been taking this thing for eight years, haven't had any problems. And this happens all the time. Some of these symptoms don't show up for years, even after a decade of use. Uh, people don't have the symptoms and then it starts to show up. So with these symptoms that are associated with the statins, some will cease when the medications are discontinued and others don't. Some are permanent. Um, one of them called, one of the symptoms called rhabdomyolysis can be a permanent damage to your muscle tissue. Uh, and the, the, the major issues associated with statins are due to the blocking effect, um, in the body's ability to produce something called coenzyme Q10, which is a really important function, um, substance in the function of muscles. Um, statins can cause serious problems ranging from potentially fatal muscle inflammation and wasting uh, to congestive heart failure. So if you must take statin drugs, then you absolutely must take at least 100 milligrams of this coenzyme Q10 daily. And it's something you can buy in a health food store or a drug store, um, and it's readily available out there. Statins also interfere with the at least 20 biochemical pathways in the body. Uh, cognitive problems affect about 15% of statin users, and these include episodes of temporary amnesia called transient global amnesia. Now, transient global amnesia, Rob, is a bizarre scenario where people will sometimes wake up one day, not know where they are or how they got there or how long they've been there. Uh, and this is a, a very serious side effect of statin drugs. It's a scary thing because, you know, if, God forbid, a pilot flying a jet plane uh, somewhere across the world should ever experience that uh, or get one of these episodes in the middle of his flight, it might be, um, you know, very severe consequences. Statins also have adverse effects on something called tau, which is a protein made by brain cells that help maintain their structure. And abnormal tau proteins are linked with neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, and ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, or Lou Gehrig's disease. And statins are also can cause progressive, mild to severe cognitive decline and anxiety, depression, and an inability to deal with stress, as well as violent behavior. Statin takers are more likely to, to develop peripheral neuropathy, which is like a tingling and numbness in your hands or feet, uh, and, and to experience tremors and vertigo. Other health issues linked to statins include cancer, suppressed immunity, cataracts and optic nerve uh, problems, liver damage, impotence, loss of libido, 
hypersensitivity reactions that can lead to uh, autoimmune diseases such as lupus, uh, birth defects if taken with pregnant women or by pregnant women, uh, skin rashes and dryness, hair loss, gastrointestinal problems, insomnia, diabetes, and pancreatitis. Vitamin E is a key antioxidant protecting the heart, and statins decrease blood levels of vitamin E and interfere with vitamin E's antioxidant capabilities. Low levels of vitamin D are a risk factor for, stroke, for a heart attack and stroke, and statins decrease your ability to manufacture vitamin D from sunlight. Wow, that's just crazy. So with all these side effects, how come, you know, it's a wonder that anyone's taking this? Well, Rob, the reason that it's really about the victory of proprietary interest over science and logic. Atherosclerosis, um, which is really the accumulation of fatty plaque inside the walls of major arteries, is the main cause of heart attacks and strokes. And as the, this disease progresses, arteries become increasingly narrow, making it easier for an embolus or a plug to come along and completely shut off blood flow. And that results in a heart attack or a stroke. When cholesterol was found to be a major component of the plaque, so in, in other words, this, this buildup inside the artery walls that basically occludes the arteries, cholesterol is a major component. So the cholesterol theory of heart disease was born when that information was found. But it was a knee-jerk reaction because, you know, to believe that high cholesterol levels um, cause atherosclerosis um, is crazy, just based on that information alone. The truth, however, is really not that simple. Cholesterol is an antioxidant and um, repair and healing molecule. And the body produces more of it in response to stress and tissue damage when repair and healing are needed. Remove the causes of the body's distress, like inflammation and oxidization, and you lower the type of cholesterol linked to the plaque. So cholesterol is the band-aid that the body uses to fix the damage caused predominantly by lifestyle. Change your lifestyle and no more need for that band-aid. So drug companies responded to this cholesterol theory by investing millions of dollars in developing cholesterol-lowering drugs. Now, although unbiased science has disproved the cholesterol theory, these companies have an enormous vested interest in keeping cholesterol, this cholesterol myth alive and well, and they're doing an excellent job of doing just that. Pfizer's Lipitor, uh, generically known as atorvastatin, is the best-selling drug of all time. It brings in about $10 billion a year and has quadruple net, Pfizer's net income. Statins account for a total of about $35 billion in annual sales. So, so then how prevalent are, are the use of these drugs? Well, Rob, you know, one in five Americans over the age of 45 take statins, and a total of about 25 million Americans take a statin drug currently. But here's the scary part. There's some new gu guidelines that came out recently at the end of 2013, and they increase the potential for 70 million Americans to be taking statins. That's 45 million potential more customers not yet taking statins. 
And among adults aged 60 to 75 without heart disease or stroke, and not on statins, 87% of men, up from 30% now, and 54% of women, up from 21% now, would be candidates for taking statins. So basically, they're asking almost 90% of the population between the ages of 60 and 75 to take statins as a preventive for stroke and heart attack, when in fact these drugs do virtually nothing and may actually kill you or make you very sick because of their side effects. You know, Pfizer and other drug giants are spending millions to convince patients and their doctors that they need statins, which are typically taken for life. So with insurance and government subsidies, we're all paying for these ineffective, unnecessary, toxic drugs. It is exactly this kind of health care that threatens to bankrupt us all. So if the cholesterol... If the cholesterol is not the cause of stroke or heart disease, then what is? Well, the real problem in heart disease, Rob, is oxidized cholesterol. Normal unoxidized cholesterol is harmless. And yet, you know, most people go in and they, they the doctor looks at their total cholesterol and says, oh, your total cholesterol is too high, you have to be on a statin drug. And, and there's just no science to show that that is a viable um, diagnostic tool to put somebody on a medication. This is why some people with normal cholesterol levels, you know, get heart attacks, while others with high levels do not. The difference is in the amount of chronic inflammation in their bodies and whether or not their cholesterol is being oxidized. It doesn't matter whether your cholesterol is high or low. Inflammation and oxidization are interrelated processes. Inflammation is the body's healthy um, response to injury, irritation, or infection. Uh, it neutralizes harmful microorganisms, helps repair wounds, um, often by calling in cholesterol, which is a component of scar tissue, for example, um, and, clean, and cleaning up debris. However, chronic inflammation is an unhealthy condition which generates a constant supply of free radicals that overwhelm our antioxidant defenses. Unchecked free radicals create further damage, generating more inflammation, and the vicious cycle is underway. Arteries work hard, and they see a lot of wear and tear, and are constantly being repaired. In a healthy body, this repair work involves temporary inflammation and an influx, influx of cholesterol that then subsides once the repair has been made. The problem is that most of us have a diet and lifestyle that promotes chronic systemic inflammation, and therefore this chronic plaque buildup becomes a bigger and bigger problem as time goes on. So, well, how do we know then if we have this chronic inflammation in our bodies at any given time? Well, unfortunately, most, most North Americans suffer from chronic inflammation caused by a variety of, variety of factors that seriously undermine health and cause premature aging. Common inflammatory diseases resulting from an inflammatory cascade include things like allergies, Alzheimer's disease, asthma, arthritis, autoimmune diseases, bursitis, cancer, cervicitis, colitis, cystitis, diabetes, gastritis, heart disease, hepatitis, infections, myocarditis, nephritis, neuritis, osteoporosis, prostatitis, sinusitis, tendonitis, and vaginitis. Pretty well anything ending in itis means inflammation of. Mm -hmm. 
Even our children are, are increasingly suffering from diseases of aging in epidemic numbers. To put an end to this tragedy, we really have to learn how to prevent and reverse chronic inflammation. So let's stop the inflammation and oxidization and move people away from that litany of the diseases you've listed. So what's involved? Well, Rob, that's the million-dollar question, and that's what a lot of these podcasts are about. And we've kind of touched on some of this in the past, and we'll be certainly looking at more in depth as time goes on. You know, getting healthy to avoid chronic disease, most of which involves inflammation and oxidization, is imperative. We tend to be our own worst enemies by failing to get enough antioxidants from fresh fruits and vegetables and potentially from supplements in people who don't eat those things. Now, a lot of people, especially medical doctors, will tell you out there that supplements are useless. But you know what? If you don't have enough antioxidants in your diet, then supplements can help fulfill that void. And antioxidants are imperative in reducing oxidization in the body. So if we don't get enough of these antioxidants, this sets the stage for chronic diseases like atherosclerosis. In an unhealthy body, normal arterial damage is not fully repaired and leads instead to chronic inflammation and free radical damage. The body then manufactures more and more cholesterol, which is rushed to the scene, becoming oxidized and forms more and more plaque. So what, your, what are the components of an inflammatory diet and a lifestyle? Um, the deadly metabolic poisons, sugar, which we've talked about um, almost ad nauseum here, Refined grains, such as flour and rice, also have enormous inflammatory effects on the body. And stress is a major player in stroke and heart attack, too. Trans fats, which we've touched on as well in previous podcasts, and rancid fats are important contributors to heart disease and greatly increase both inflammation and oxidization. Refined oils um, lead to deficiencies in essential fatty acids like the omega-3 fatty acids that prevent inflammation and are quite powerfully anti-inflammatory. So according to this, uh, there's a 2005 study that came out and it was published in the Archives of Internal Medicine. Fish and flax oils, both are high in omega-3 fatty acids, have prevented more cardiac deaths and total mortality than statins have. So you need to think of that. Just, just by taking or eating some omega-3 fatty acids um, and maybe some flax oils, that all by itself does a better job than statins. But there's many other things that are anti-inflammatory, and eating an anti-inflammatory diet is even better than that. So dairy and grain-fed animals, uh, animal proteins, um, contain an uh, inflammatory balance uh, of fats. Um, uh, if you avoid farmed fish, that are grain-fed, and some of, the, some of these fish are in fact fed grains, uh, and get meat from grass-fed animals, which we've spoken about before as well. These are all Im really important ways of helping to reduce um, the inflama inflammation in the body. Eating too much grain and animal protein versus fruit and vegetables creates systemic acidity, another cause of in inflammation. A diet deficient in folic acid, vitamin B6, and vitamin B12s cause an unhealthy accumulation of a, of a substance called homocysteine, a pro-oxidant and pro-inflammatory substance that is linked to heart disease. But how many people have you ever heard who go to the doctor and get a homocysteine test done? This is one of the most common tests that I do with people who I suspect of being candidates for stroke and heart attack. 
If their homocysteine levels are high, you can give them folic acid, vitamin B6, and vitamin B12, and it typically lowers their homocysteine very quickly and thus reduces their risk. Chronic um, infections are also inflammatory um, and, and can damage arteries. For example, some pathogens that cause gum infections are found in heart disease. So for healthy gums, get plenty of vitamin C and coenzyme Q10. Chronic stress, allergies, insufficient sleep, being overweight, and lack of exercise all have inflammatory effects. Many environmental toxins are pro-inflammatory and pro-oxidant as well. Chlorine, for example, is a powerful oxidizing agent capable of causing extensive uh, damage to blood vessels. So we put it in our tap water. So then should we be uh, drinking the bottled water over the tap water? Well, you know, the problem, Rob, is that bottled water is just water in a bottle, and there's really no regulations on what bottled water is. You're better to purify your water at point of use, right at your tap, using something like a carbon-based water purifier. Um, and we'll be talking about this also in, in future episodes. So other causes of inflammation or oxidation or oxidization are, are heavy metals, such as lead and mer mercury. You know, so a common cause um, of uh, mercury toxicity in people is uh, amalgam fillings in their teeth uh, that are about 50% mercury. Um, and they have been implicated, uh, these heavy metals have been implicated in artery disease. Smoking is a major risk factor in, in heart disease and stroke, probably the greatest risk factor of all, actually. And, and you know, we've talked a little bit about that as well. But so then what, what's the factor of the smoking that, that increases the risk? Like what's the smoking doing? Well, when we smoke, um, you know, there's about 3,000 chemicals that we inhale in, into our lungs, which inevitably get into our bloodstream and into our, all our tissues. And many of these substances are inflammatory. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's very common, you know, the first question I ask, if somebody's got a lot of plaque buildup in their arteries, I ask them, you know, if they've smoked. And most of the time, you know, the, 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 the most severe cases typically are people who've smoked a lot. Um, you know, and when we look on the other hand, a massive amount of evidence has shown that increasing consumption of antioxidants reduces the odds of getting atherosclerosis. There's something called the French paradox, and it refers to the fact that although the French have um, notoriously high levels of cholesterol and high blood pressure, they have low rates of heart disease. The paradox can be explained by their better diets containing more fresh fruits and vegetables, uh, and some say they, their habit of drinking red wine with, with meals. Uh, moderation being the key word here, Rob. Mm -hmm. um, so... You know, red grapes are especially high in antioxidants, flavonoids, and flavonoids work synergistically with vitamin C and are found in abundance in many fruits and vegetables, especially grapes, apples, citrus, onions, tomatoes, squash, eggplant, parsley, you know, uh, garlic, berries, and green tea, most of which have been studied and found to, re to reduce heart disease substantially. So the French also use, you know, garlic and olive oil liberally. And garlic prevents the oxidation of cholesterol and reduces plaque accumulation in the artery. So there, you know, there's a simple take-home message for everybody. And that is, you know, if you like garlic, um, use as much as you can because it, it is a, has a powerful um, antioxidant effect on cholesterol specifically. 
So then, Kev, what then makes the French have the high blood pressure and high? What what are they taking that that causes that? Well, you know, that's a good question, and um, you know, I I don't think when you look at the French lifestyle, it's not perfect by any stretch. I mean, they do tend to smoke a little bit more than than other populations, um, and you know, they they drink uh, wine and alcohol. Uh, a little higher than other populations, and they probably play a role in causing those symptoms. But because their lifestyle involves so many more antioxidants from their food, it's helping to counteract the negative effect of of what they're doing on the on the bad side of the ledger. So, not to say that it's a good idea to go out and smoke and drink in, in, to excess, but the bottom line is a healthy diet really um, does some pretty amazing things for all of us. And so those people on a Mediterranean-type diet who consume a lot of olive oil and have 20% higher levels of oleic acid in their their cholesterol. So oleic acid is this this oil found in olive oil. Um, And so when there's a high level of oleic acid in cholesterol, uh, it makes it much more resistant to oxidation. And other phenolic compounds in, in olive oil add to its antioxidant value. The higher quality of the olive oil, the more phenols will be there. So what you're looking for is extra virgin olive oil and only extra virgin olive oil. It's worth paying that little bit of extra money because you get uh, more of these phenolic compounds present. Uh, Since each antioxidant has a somewhat different role, getting a wide range of antioxidant supplements is best. And Linus Pauling, who was a two-time Nobel Prize winner, considered atherosclerosis a vitamin C deficiency disease. Not only is vitamin C one of our most important antioxidants, it's crucial for the production of collagen needed to build and repair artery walls. Low vitamin E levels have been um, more predictive of cardiac mortality than any other single factor. This fat-soluble vitamin gets incorporated into cell membranes where it prevents oxidation of cholesterol and other fat particles. So, um, you know, it's a very, there was one study that actually came out showing that vitamin E taking, um, I think, 400 IUs of vitamin a, E a day reduced your risk of stroke and, or, or heart attack by 40%. And, you know, if there was ever a drug that came out and showed in any study that it reduced the risk of uh, heart attack by 40%, it would be everywhere. But nobody knows about that study um, because it's just fallen on deaf ears to most people. Uh, coenzyme Q10 assists vitamin E as well. And so those two substances work together. Beta-carotene, vitamin D, alpha-lipoic acid, selenium, and zinc are all important antioxidants um, to include in a protocol if you're looking at something to help your overall levels of um, pro uh, antioxidant substances and therefore reducing oxidation in the body. Um, avoid ingesting oxidized fats. Don't per, uh, purchase um, the usual sur- supermarket oils like canola oil, for example, or you know um, corn oil. Uh, minimize cooking with fats, and when you do, use organic ghee, coconut oil, uh, which is the best. Coconut oil is the best, or olive oil, and you can use that on low heat. You don't want to let the, the the pan smoke. As soon as it, it starts smoking, there's problems. 
And you always want to store your olive oil uh, away from heat and light. Refrigerate your nuts and seeds, your cod liver oil, and your flax oil. Heart disease, you know, is both preventable and reversible. There's no need for drugs or surgery. Don't let the cholesterol myth confuse you. Exercise regularly and supply your arteries with excellent nutrition. Eat a good plant-based diet, high-quality antioxidant supplements. Keep inflammation down, and you keep heart disease away. Now, <clears throat> Kev, you also mentioned that stress is a big uh, player in cardiovascular health. Health. How does this fit into, into the mix? Well, it's true, Rob. You know, stress is one of the biggest killers on the planet. And like sugar, far more of a danger to us than cholesterol ever was. Stress hormones age and shrink um, an important area of the brain called the hippocampus, which is involved in short-term memory. Stress hormones also trigger the release of inflammatory uh, mediators in the body called cytokines, which make which makes stress a double threat when it comes to heart disease. You know, stress can exacerbate nearly any disease, not to mention that it can slow or even prevent recovery. And stress can actually foster weight gain. The major stress hormone, cortisol, causes the body to retain weight around the middle. And fat is inflammatory by nature. So there you have it in a nutshell, Rob. So then if we're just to kind of then recap, what uh, what people could do, um, we're going to have them increase their uh, their intake of their omega threes, and absolutely, and then fruits and, and vegetables. Fruits and vegetables. Uh, we want to make sure that they're eating their fish. You said then cod liver oil, and um, and if you're going to use cod liver oil, you want to make sure that it's distilled cod liver oil, because if it's just if it's not been distilled or, uh, you know, filtered in some way to remove heavy metals and toxins, then you're going to get concentrations of those things in your cod liver oil. So somewhere on the bottle or the, or the container, it should say molecularly distilled or, um, you know, tested to be to, and shown to be free of heavy metals and chemicals. So then with the folks out there that are currently on a statin and are probably scared to death about coming off the statin because they think that that's currently keeping them alive. What is this something that they can stop cold turkey? Can they, should they ease themselves off it? Obviously talk to a professional like yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing you want to do is, um, you know, get a game plan um, together. If, if you want to come off your statin drug, I mean, you can just stop them cold turkey. There's no, there's, there's typically no side effects or, or withdrawal symptoms associated with coming off a statin drug. Um, but, you know, if you just come off the statin drug and then you don't do anything else, then it was all for naught. You know, really, the idea is to take control of your health and uh, don't rely on some magic bullet that really doesn't do anything and it might make you sicker. It might cause diabetes in you. And this, there's some recent research that's just come out that they're, they're having to actually label the statin drugs as being um, uh, potential causes of uh, diabetes. And so, you know, I think the important thing is to, to get a game plan. So get yourself a naturopathic doctor um, or somebody who understands uh, how you can change uh, and make sure that you don't have, um, you know, oxidized cholesterol levels that are high. 
uh, and do some testing. You know, there's some amazing tests, so homocysteine tests, fibrinogen tests, apolipoprotein A, um, calcium scoring uh, coronary artery CT scans. They'll tell you how much plaque buildup you have in your coronary arteries. These are all tests that one can have done to, to give them an idea of where they are in as far as the level of inflammation. And there's another good test called CRP or C-reactive protein, which is a measurement specifically of systemic inflammation in the body. So, you know, I think the idea is to get more diagnostic information, uh, make some changes necessary to bring about more antioxidants into your body, reduce the oxidants in your body, reduce the inflammation in your body, get yourself off statin drugs. And exercise. And exercise, absolutely. Exercise is a huge piece of the puzzle, um, but exercise by itself won't do it. So you need to first and foremost get the diet and uh, get that straightened out, get the the oxidation down, the inflammation down, um, and then and, and certainly exercise should be a big part of this. Well, Kev, before we wrap this up, I just want to share a story. At one point in my life, I was um, quite overweight over 300 pounds, went in to see a doctor. Uh, the doctor you know, obviously weighed me, took my blood pressure, said, you have high blood pressure, and gave me a whole bunch of those uh, free Crestor um, sample packs. So right. Crestor and Lipitor, same thing. Yep, similar drugs. That's and, right. Um, uh, and for a long, longest time, I kept those around, never took them, went on a diet, started exercising, lost the weight, and the uh, blood pressure came down as well. So, uh, it, you know, it can be done. It just takes a little bit of time, and, uh, and you, don't need to take, you don't need to take this, this type of drug. Absolutely. And, you know, um, statins are the one drug that I will never prescribe in my, in my practice, ever. Haven't done, never will. Um, and there, the science clearly shows that nobody should be taking these drugs. Um, and even if you, you know, I mean, everybody should take control of their own health and, and research what we're talking about today. Don't, don't even take what I'm saying as gospel. Look into it for yourself. And I think if you, if you research this, you're going to find out that this is just the tip of the iceberg out there. And we're going to be talking about a lot more of these kind of situations. We're going to be tackling blood pressure in another episode, for example, because, you know, blood pressure medications are among the top five medications prescribed in North America right now. Uh, a lot of those medications, uh, a lot of people shouldn't be on these medications. Uh, some people need to be, uh, but we'll be looking at that in, in more in depth in a, in a later episode. Well, Kev, you're right. This was uh, somewhat controversial, and I think we're going to make uh, a lot of people think. And uh, I think this is, you know, this is the intent of when we first came up with uh, creating this online radio show to uh, tackle these issues Get some, get another opinion out there based on based on fact and uh, your clinical practice, uh, showing that uh, you don't. There's there's another way than just going to the drugstore and trying to medicate yourself back to health because it probably is taking people in the wrong direction. Absolutely, you know, medications. I mean, there's no doubt medications save lives. They're they're miraculous in some ways, but as far as the treatment of chronic disease. They fall flat on their face all too often. And this is just one more example of that. And so, like I said, you know, we, we need to start moving away from the pharmaceutical approach 
and back to the approach where we take responsibility for our own health um, and diet is the biggest single factor that you can control that will change your health forever. Great. Well, thanks a lot, Kev. We'll uh, come back uh, soon with another episode of Your Best You Today. And uh, if you found that this uh, episode has been helpful, uh, please share it with some friends. We'd love to hear your comments. You can leave your comments below uh, on our website at your yourbestyoutoday.com. And uh, if you want to head over to iTunes, you can uh, give us a rating and leave us a review there as well. Check back soon for another episode of Your Best You Today. This has been another episode of Your Best You Today with Dr. Kevin Jackson and Rob Heppel, where they tackle nutritional topics so that you can become your best you today. To ask a question or leave a comment, visit the website at www.yourbestyoutoday.com. Make sure that you never miss another episode by subscribing to this podcast for free on iTunes. Thank you.